Hi everyone, this is a very impromptu recording and it's not going to get edited or anything so I want to apologise in advance for any hesitations and ums and errs because usually my brother edits those out <laughs> when they're done in excess um, but this is a very time sensitive issue. Um, so in the last few hours we have heard about the death of Nikki Graham after suffering with anorexia for over 30 years. Um, and it's hit the eating disorder community very hard. Um, even though I knew very little about her, I did know about her eating disorder and the campaigning she'd done and about her recent crowdfunder because she had been denied um, inpatient treatment. And I tweeted earlier on, uh, the fact that Nikki Graham was literally on the brink of death and still couldn't get NHS-funded treatment really shows the state of eating disorder care in the UK. And a lot of people have shown their support of this statement and have uh, retweeted it and replied. And I don't know why I was surprised, because it's the internet, but I had some backlash as well. People saying that, oh, well, she's been given treatment and she didn't respond to treatment or you don't know her situation, or, oh, she was being crowdfunded, so the NHS didn't need to intervene, um, or she's been ill for so long, she was never going to get better, all this kind of thing. And martyr as I am, I ended up replying to a lot of these people, and it's really taken it out of me. So I've only just muted the tweet, but I'll end up seeing more interactions with it, I dare say. I'm an eating disorder campaigner, and... It is. It, it does feel like uh, my duty to speak out against these things and the ridiculous thing people saying, like, why are you blaming the NHS when we should be blaming the media for causing eating disorders? That's a whole other um, discussion about how eating disorders are not caused by magazines and whatnot. But um, I'm sure everyone listening to this knows that full well anyway. Kind of preaching to the choir here. Um. I just wanted to debunk this stuff out loud, especially if anyone has, you know, seen these messages and these tweets about this devastating outcome of her illness and think it must apply to them as well because, well, for one thing, Nikki's family may well see these things, but other people suffering similar plights will also potentially see them. And I don't want them to feel <laughs> alone and like people aren't standing up for them and I'm in a position to do so because I'm lucky enough to be in recovery. So to note a few things, um, one thing people were saying, oh well she had NHS treatment, the NHS didn't let her down because she had NHS treatment and I need to stress here that it's not just about whether you are with services. It's about whether the services provide the appropriate level of care. This woman, after decades of probably relapse and recovery, because you don't live for 30 years with anorexia without, you know, having periods where you're doing a little bit better, because it's a really brutal disease and it can kill you really quickly. Um, but yeah, she had, you know, 30 years of um, illness and wellness I'm sure um but she was obviously known to have an eating disorder from the age of seven and that's incredibly young that's younger than average and so so it's obviously really chronic and despite this extensive history 
um, and the toll that takes on a person's body. She was left to be treated presumably as an outpatient because she had to, well, a friend started crowdfunding so she could go to a clinic like the Priory. And I have been in the Priory. I've had two admissions to the Priory in Chelmsford, which probably would have been one of the more local ones to Nikki as well, um, as well as Roehampton. But there are there are still others across the country. And if someone is that ill, they can get treated anywhere. Um, no, my point is, sorry, I'm rambling already. My point is that just because she was with services doesn't mean that was adequate. Um, and being treated as an outpatient or even as a day patient when someone is that critically physically unwell that they require refeeding and bed rest and frequent physical observations taken like blood pressure and um blood tests of which i used to have four times daily so i know the system i know um the approach and people are talking to me as if i have no idea um she needed that intense treatment um and was denied it that is the that's where the ball was dropped and people are talking as if getting you know weekly therapy or getting weighed as an outpatient or any of these things were you know enough so therefore the nhs have no part in this they don't have any blood on their hands um and when i talk badly of the nhs i'm not talking about um the concept of 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 um free healthcare because i absolutely adore the nhs and i am terrified of the idea of our healthcare being privatized but that doesn't mean that we can't point out the flaws especially in mental health services and within the mental health services the eating disorder services because for one thing there's so little awareness um of eating disorders in the general mental health community you know I had a psychiatrist who I should have honestly sued for medical negligence the way that she treated me and um, the way I ended up under her care um because of certain um things she was aware of but ignored um sorry yeah um this should have been available to someone who is physically on the brink and she clearly was on the brink because she passed away um and i know those services are out there because i've been in those services and i know the criteria to get to them and the criteria is frighteningly um frighteningly unwell the bmi criteria um how much you're eating even the criteria for these things and you know a lot of the time for inpatient treatment you do have to literally be dying but this woman was dying and she was known to services and yet she was denied that help and had to crowdfund but sadly it came too late um people have also said oh well, she was ill for such a long time she had no hope or she's you know had treatment before and didn't respond or what if oh maybe she was having treatment and she was refusing treatment and my response to that is why is that you know 
why does that make it acceptable for her to have been let go? Because another, you know, fairly basic, but, um, yeah, quite a basic comparison. But if someone goes through chemotherapy several times and is still, um, still have re has relapses in cancer, we don't say, well, you've had all of the, this chemotherapy. Uh, you've got, you've still got cancer. So we're just giving up. And I know someone personally who passed away from anorexia several years ago. I knew her from treatment. And she was deemed as so chronic that there was no point in treating her. And so she was left as an outpatient um, because they just didn't think it was worth spending money on her inpatient bed, another inpatient admission. Um, and again, this is kind of the attitude people are peddling here because oh she refused treatment therefore she didn't deserve it i refused treatment a lot of people who go inpatient with anorexia and i say anorexia because that's pretty much the only eating disorder you can get hospitalized for under the current nhs guidelines um with a few exceptions um a lot of people deny treat deny treatment they don't want to get better and those people who refuse treatment or try to leave um, leave the hospital will get sectioned or at least get assessed for a section. I was threatened with sectioning because I said, look, I'm going to leave. I don't want to be here. And they said, you try and leave, we'll section you. So you're as good as sectioned if you're refusing treatment and you are likely to deteriorate physically that quickly. Um <sighs> So it's not a matter of, oh, she refused treatment. There's, there are ways around that. Um, and it's not, yeah, people are literally implying that, well, she's had treatment in the past that didn't work. Um, so that's, that's that. And that is thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly untrue and thoroughly unsetting because everyone deserves to keep having that chance. And by the sounds of it, at this point, she'd been suffering for such a long time and it's so hard to overcome. But from what her family said, she was so eager for this time, for this recovery attempt to work, and now she's not got that chance because she was let down. I'm getting very overwhelmed talking about this and um, it's kind of weird because when I think about when I was ill and what led to my hospital admissions, it doesn't seem real. I feel like I'm remembering someone else's life or like I'm remembering a book or something. Um, but when I start talking about it, this raw, this rawly, <laughs> is rawly a word? I don't know. Um, I remember it was me. And it was real. And... My family could have dealt with the same thing that Nikki's family are dealing with right now. And I can't take my life for granted and not use this experience to speak out. I'm going to go now because I'm making a scene. Um, thank you for listening. And hang in there. All my love to everyone. Thank you.